You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Helix After Show. Well, 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 well. No, no way to San Jose. I've been away too long. Blah, 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 blah. If you're not completely confused, you probably know where you are. This is AfterBuzz TV. We're talking about Helix, Season 1, Episode 12. The, what? The Reaping. Can I say the Reaping in the most casual oh way possible? Oh, my God. The Reaping. The Reaping. The Reaping. The reaping. Yeah. The reaping. Okay. Uh, that was the most casual. That was Billy's <laughs> casual way of saying, yeah. guys, it's the Reaping. What are you, the Cave of Wonders? What is that? I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. All right. Uh, I'm Matt Lieberman. Join me on the panel, of course, all season long. Fantastic and talented Mr. Stephen Lemieux. Hey, guys. I'm Stephen Lemieux. Yes. Uh, Liz Rishmaui. I really wanted you to call him beautiful and talented. like you. <laughs> it goes without saying, Liz. Yeah. Hey, and guys. Zach Wilson. Flattery will get you nowhere. And uh, everywhere. Whatever. Um, well, that's why I didn't try to flatter you. Uh, before, First things first, before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we're wearing these very lovely... Uh, je, like kind of J'adore Helix Montreal t-shirts that were uh, made and sent to us by the lovely and fabulous uh, Love Catherine Lemieux, Lemieux uh, who played Doreen on the show. Uh, you have to say it like Mark said it though. Catherine Lemieux. Catherine. No, Ka- you guys did Catherine. not. You said it then. Catherine. I can't do French. Hold on. Catherine Lemieux. Catherine Lemieux. Yes. We're, we're butchering Sorry, guys, this. All the French people we're are facepalming. We are not handsome enough to say it the way Mark says. <laughs> it's true. He's <laughs> so handsome that actually everything he says just sounds French. Even, even German would sound French. Yeah. He's just that handsome. <laughs> uh, but what an episode this week. You know, we, we really got an incredible performance out of Hiroyuki Sonata. Oh, my just God. Just great work all around and a shocking death R.I.P. Uh, Miksa. Miquin's still alive. He still has a character on yeah, the he's, show. He's still going to get his IMDb credits. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to get him to call in but I don't know if he will or not but we'll see. We'll, we're still going to try to talk to him about this episode because that is crazy. I'm so um, sad. I also want to plug real quick. Yes. So guys, the finale of Helix is this Friday. Yes. Woo! And we have an exclusive interview with Helix showrunner Steve Maida. Whoa! Mind blown. We will be we will be posting on YouTube and iTunes Friday night directly after Helix airs. So as soon as the show ends, you can go ahead and knock out an interview with the showrunner himself on what his thoughts were, what we thought of the series cuz we're going to be doing the interview Literally right after having seen the finale episode. We right. will still be doing a, a finale recap before. Monday, though. Yeah, so uh, Friday night after Helix, tune into AfterBuzz TV for an immediate post-mortem mm-hmm. with the showrunner Steve Maida, followed by our official recap show the following Monday. At I'm regular time. At regular time. I am so excited. I know. I'm beyond stokes. We're we so excited. <laughs> We're going to have a ball today. Okay, well, let's let's jump into this episode before we just run It'll away be Friday. with the silliness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop it. So, uh, at the end of last episode, we, we received a visitor in the form of Spencer Chiswick, the scythe, 
and his two lady pals. Uh, Adolescent daft punk murderer guy. Even exactly. describing it sounds British. Yeah, just a We bit. received a, a guest of Spencer Chiswick and his two lady pals. <laughs> yes, his two lady pals who got into many shenanigans over the course of a romping hour. <laughs> oh, and wow. he's like straight up really creepy and one of them really loves him or something. Yeah, Blake. They that have, like, was his, so creepy. Yeah, when he kisses her because she's like what, like 23 and he's like 15? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just picturing the actors like, like reading that scene and he's all like, yeah, and then she's like, I feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you notice they did not not linger on that kiss for very long. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve also, Mater retweeted our reaction video. Oh, great! Yeah, on air. Love yeah. it. Uh, I'm just permanent sad, upside down sea face. We're, we will we'll, we'll show the reaction video later in the show. It's uh, me and Liz when we see our, our, our horrifying death at the hands of uh, Spencer. And, um, but and my reaction to uh, to Alan's one liner. Yeah. Uh, so the big. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The big news with uh, Scythe, the Scythe, is uh, that he is Sutton's daughter. Um, or yes. Sutton's... Yes. He is Sutton's son. <laughs> Sutton's his mom. Nope, we're Helix, rolling. twist. Rolling right over that. Hey, man, he's been alive for 500 years, maybe. not. Oh, he's probably not as old as Ataki, but, you know, like, he could have had a, a sex change at some point in those Just stop. Continue. Years. Fine. Uh, so he's obviously really upset over the loss of his mother. And I mother. totally called it just before he's like, mother. Like, I totally called it. It was like, it's too, cre- too coincidental that there's two crazy blonde people running around. Right. He's, like, so petulant. It's it's the worst. Because he's, he's deadly, and he's perfected the art of human suffering. He- Here's my question about the, as I was, I was watching the same thing. as I was watching this like adolescent kid like who's hundreds of years old. So they get frozen in that that time that they are like the Julius and Sarah. You're going to be 26 forever, forever. now. Yep. Yeah. Do does he get frozen with that adolescent set of hormones? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you suck. see the way he like he aggressively kissed Blake? Well, he, he doesn't know how to kiss, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's never allowed he's to hundreds, evolve his hundreds skills of years. of kissing. He's, he's just never been an awkward teenager forever. I, exactly. I'd be pissed off. I just think it's so funny because I just imagine if he were to get stuck in, like, the free... Just as, like, your voice is changing. Oh, and it just cracks. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I'm going to kill you. Forever. Hey, um, you have a choice. Your son or your daughter. <laughs> and you better make it quick because there's a clock in singing. <laughs> But hey, all I'm gonna say is this: even though he's not a great kisser, he still didn't gooseneck her. <laughs> That's a you, Mark Ganime. Oh. If you didn't you, see this week, uh, we, we have to tweet it out again. Stephen made an amazing uh, piece of fan art after Mark uh, went back in our old podcast and and heard us mentioning that he kind of does like a little gooseneck move when he goes to kiss Anana for the first time. So there's this amazing picture Stephen made of a goose with. Uh, with Mark's, Mark's head. head 
And uh, what what did we say? We were like, we we should just do like some goosenecking. Yeah, and then uh, I said like gooses goose. because I was drinking instead of geese, and he called yeah. me out on that. Yeah, but <laughs> there's, I, there's a whole Twitter conversation yeah, that just, you need to just look at. Um, I want to go back to like that l- the last podcast we did really quick sure. because what they said was um, take a very good look at Havit's head. Mm-hmm. So I went back, I looked at it, I couldn't really see much, but it seemed like he was a vector. What? Ooh. So like my, like just from like veins and things like that. That's what it looked like to me. I might be wrong. I might be picking up the wrong clues. But perhaps from that, it means that um, Narvik A and Narvik B, or the 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 vector disease, can actually, in fact, infect the silver eyes. Hmm. They just don't actively attack the silver eyes. That's so strange. Or I'm gonna jump off of that and make another prediction. Since the cure comes from the cerebral spinal fluid of Julia. What if the root of Narvik comes from Dr. Havit's DNA? Oh. Mm. And I mean, that's don't why... Know. So Havit's patient zero. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Possible. It's like, even if they couldn't get the virus or the cure off the base, it, like Sergio's original mission was to just disrupt the base and uh, and take Havit's head. So what if if Havit's head is the root of Narvik, that was them basically saying, like, we can throw all this away if we have to as long as we have Hivet's the root. Head. Yeah, there's something in his head that is so crucial to this master plan yeah. that to, I would be think, wipe out humanity. This show deals with heads a lot. Yeah. And we actually had a line from, from Spencer who is like, well, since he seems to like removing heads, yeah, right, he so has a much. thing for it, you know. He's removed a lot of heads. Can I please point out, like, yay, Neil. Like, yay, Peter. Yeah. Like, I just... Let's talk about it. Cause, like, brotherly it's, love. I love having him as part of the gang, but it's a huge it's so adjustment. Weird. It's so it's weird. It's super weird. It's super weird for him to have no makeup and have lots of dialogue and be genuinely nice, and we love that because we love Neil. We met Neil, but it's very strange to suddenly have just a new member of the gang running around. I know. I love and it. it also... But it's not just a disruption to us as viewers, it's clearly a disruption to how the whole team is flowing. Right. Because we have this this dynamic between uh, Peter and um, Peter and Alan where Alan always is telling everyone what to do and people genuinely generally follow it. But Peter ref- doesn't want to do that because that's how Alan's treated him his whole life. And we get we get, you know, major evidence of that in their sequence in the ducts, which I just had a lot of fun with. Because Alan is still trying to be in charge, even though, yeah, Peter spent way more time up in those ducks. It's a dead end, bro. No, it's yeah. not. Damn it. Damn it. But that was an interesting point when he finds the pictures. Like, mm. Alan's a little bit, like, perturbed by it. Oh, like, this definitely. is weird. But Peter is perturbed by it for a different reason, because he can't remember. He clearly remembers being in the ducks. He's like, I know my way around up there. But some of his memories are wiped out. Either that or he was lying. I mean, there's a yeah. possibility he could have been, I, I don't know what that, what, like, like, I remember awkward. all of these ducks, like the back of my hand, but oh, what are these pictures doing? I don't remember that. Well, you know? I mean, he was sick for, for several days, and he spent a lot of time hiding up there, but the pictures were towards the tail end of the sickness. Yeah, and that's when he got, like, super zizzed. Exactly. Just which avoid is like, the ziz and the duct. Right. Yeah. He, he may have blacked out, or he may just have been kind of delirious enough that he thought he, maybe thought he was dreaming that part. Oh, that's Possibly. true. You know? Sickness does a lot also of crazy things. Also notice how when he was talking with Dr. Jordan, um, how, you know, 
He's like, well, I loved her when she was like, oh, when you slept with Julia and you ran away. And then he was like, well, I loved her. And he used the past tense, but I don't, I don't think it's so past tense. I still, he, I still think he has. I think it was more of a dig at Dr. Jordan. It's like, well, I slept with her because I loved her. Yeah. You sleep with her because he's your mentor. Yeah. Really? Well, I'm okay. He doesn't know that she slept with him, but maybe he is inferred. I mean, Peter knows. Yeah. I mean, she's very pretty and she's in the vicinity. And, and Peter, Peter took one look. He's like, I mean, I dude, he could have probably seen it from awkward vent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, awkward. Awkward window. window made a huge return this episode. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hashtag awkward. Window. In a very sad way. The In awkward window is way. dirty. Now it's the sad window. Now it's the needs a scrubbing yeah. window. Oh. Uh, all right, we're gonna get into all that, but first we got to talk about iTunes. Don't skip ahead because you know I'm gonna beat you for it. I would and never there might be funny you. things. Don't ever think that that's what would happen. And you will, you'll miss funny things and good things. But here's the thing, folks. Say it every week. We need your support to help keep this uh, this podcast growing. Keep the network growing. It is the only surefire way to make sure <laughs> he's like being my silent hype man right now. It's the only surefire way to make sure that our, our wonderful network continues to grow and prosper the way that it should. We put out over 70 hours of quality free content a week. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge undertaking and it only takes a second to re- really, really legitimately help us out. Go to iTunes, rate Review the podcast. It only takes a second. Doesn't cost a dime. Makes us feel great and also helps attract sponsors and guests. So I'm going to read out a few shout-outs. That's another great thing about uh, doing a review. You get a shout-out. Take a, take a breath, Matt. Take a breath. <sighs> All right, cool. All right. Ted Rx. <laughs> I, I love this review. It's wonderful. The rare fan podcast that makes the TV show better. Uh, most fan podcasts are supplementary to the source show, but this is the rare case where it is complementary to the show and actually makes the TV show better. Do not miss the interview episodes. If you already like Helix, then this will make you love it even more. Sure, sometimes the comments and theories are a bit shot out, but that's just yeah, part of the Steven. fun. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, my favorite theory is that they are Greek gods. Which is uh, also my favorite theory. Suck it. They probably aren't. No, I like that theory. My favorite theory is that they are Greek gods. They probably aren't, but who cares? That was a super fun fan spiracy, fan created conspiracy theory, which I love this term, and I think we should we should adopt it. A fan spiracy. It also it sounds up. like fan piracy. Except we don't encourage fan piracy. Yeah. Watch the show yeah. The Night It Airs. Exactly. Uh it's best for the ratings. Uh more reviews. I think there are a few more. Yeah, uh, great podcast from Lady Bears fan. Interesting to listen to. Fun discussions, recaps, and theories, and interesting guests on the show. Uh, Monkeys is from Brock Ripion. Discovered this after listening to Mar- After Buzz Agents of Shield two weeks ago. Went back and listened to every episode and loved it even more. Keep up the incredible work. Hashtag Renew Helix. I agree. Um, I agree too. Is yes. that enough patting ourselves on the back? I think so. Stroke, stroking the ziz. Yeah, oh, come on. I okay. didn't mean it that. Shut up. All right. <laughs> I do have an interesting uh, thought on the Greek god theory now that we have Hataki's date of birth. 1501. 1501. So yeah. we know he's about 500 years old. 513 years old. I said about. 513 years old. Give, 513 years old. 513 years old. Give or take. Um, the, I still think give the Greek god's theory. Shut up, Matt. I still think that the Greek gods theory stands because one of the things that's built into Greek mythology is that gods can die and then somebody else takes their place in that role. So, like, if Apollo the sun god was to die for whatever reason, Uh somebody else could then take his place as the sun god. That would make the reasons for that there are 500 Mm -hmm. 
that there are 500 gods, if you will, that oversee different aspects the of the planet. The board's going to hear yeah, about the, this. And the board is the gods of Olympus. Hmm. The primary okay. hierarchy I, of gods. Here's, here's what I will say. It's all a metaphor. It's not that I this know. is Zeus, that's, this is Hera. That's what I'm saying. But I think that they could have filled those roles at one time, been known by those names, and now but these 500... But have just been guardians of yeah. the planet for mm-hmm. centuries. Off topic, I have the entire soundtrack of Disney's Hercules in my head right now. At Thank once, you. all of it at once. Well, yeah, it's That's ridiculous. Probably sounds awful. <laughs> okay, Marissa's singing in the in the engineer booth right now. Yeah. I'm playing on that though, real quick. All um, right. Just the 1501. Let's talk about that for for a while. The 1501, like. That's such a. We think of that as like, oh, only 500 years ago. But if you think about the technological revolutions we've had in just the past 200 years, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how far back that really is, and what technology was like in those times, you have to realize that the key to immortality is not something through science. Like it has to be either something through an advanced history of science before the human race. Or it has to be From something nature. nature. What about something like, um, I mean, and this is just a theory and it probably won't even come in, but like, I mean, what if it like does something fun? Like they, they talk about like, you know, Atlantis. Or something, and then Atlantis is supposed to be this this place from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Could have existed; it's never been disproven. But it's supposed to be of with all philosophers and scientists and yada yada and advanced technology. Like again, this is just a crazy theory. It probably won't hold up, but that would be so cool. Hey, would you say your Atlantis theory didn't hold water? Oh, I, mean, I just think that that's that, that could be a cool thing. And then the other thing is, is now we know that uh, what's his name who died in the ba- um. Gunner. Gunner. That he, maybe he really was a Viking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I, I don't want to go deep into the Atlantis idea, but in the Disney movie Atlantis The Lost Empire, they were immortal because of the secret Just crystal saying. underneath. But. But yeah. it doesn't have to be. I don't, I don't know about Atlantis, but the Fountain <laughs> of Youth myth yes. could could be something that holds the water here yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> of the theory. Um, it doesn't have to be science the way we know it today. Right. It could be something completely different. It could be as simple as like penicillin a was a, <laughs> a juice cleanse. No, penicillin is just a bacteria. It's like it's a growth. Right. That sort of simple discovery, who knows where that leads down. If you discovered penicillin and give it to people in the 1500s, they would consider that magic. Right. Well, so who knows what they discovered that they didn't share okay. with the world. There's, there's also the fact that Spencer is Constance Sutton's son. Yeah. Not so, daughter, so, as might as have been Matt believed. Said, yes. um, <laughs> we were going to roll over that, but we brought it back. Um, which means that you Silvers can have children. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. as we know from here. But, but my question is, well, how is we he... We hadn't seen any with each other. Okay, why is he stuck as a 15-year-old forever when she had him? Maybe she was his son when she changed, and then she he changed her... She was his mother. She, yes. And she changed him into an immortal after she was changed into an immortal. It's right. either that or the... You, if you're turned into a silver eyes after you're an adult, you're frozen where you are. But if you are born a silver eyes, you reach... Uh, the end of your... Um, the end of puberty? The end of puberty. Or maybe it just has to be awakened. Like, what if Julia... Like, you know, if, if if she was born from, like... Now, it's we'll get to it later about her mother and everything. But as far as we know, so this far, she could have been a regular human. And Hitake is a silver eyes. No, she is a regular human. We saw that yeah. she had aged yes. in, the, in the machine. Okay, at the end. so, like, 
you know, so that being said, you know, she's obviously in like what, her thirties, the character, Julia. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe she's had it in her this entire time and it had to be reawakened by Hitake. So maybe, you know, again, it's not like they're born with it, but like at, for some certain reason, it was awakened within, right. uh, Spencer when he was the around rebirth. 15. Maybe right. something was going to happen to him. Maybe he was dying from something and there was no choice but to, you know, there's so many things we could go on. We right. don't know. Or, or right. Constance and Spencer, were they silvered? At the exact same time. Right. Okay. Also, well, Matt, yeah. I know you're putting your hand like this, and it means you want to move on. Yeah. I really want a spinoff series with just Hataki in the 1500s being immortal. So the cool. Fi- oh, yeah, that would be really, really cool. They did that movie already. That was re- with uh, Tom Cruise. How many times has he committed a- seppuku? Release it as a comic book. Release it as a comic book. I would love that. In the off season, that would be great. Talking to you, Cameron. We got to. We have to move on. We have to go back into plot. I love theorizing much as anyone, but we got to go into it. So, um, Alan devises a plan to draw uh, the scythe out into the open, which Mm -hmm. is that you know they're obviously going to underestimate the the puny humans. Uh, and Hataki, so they uh, they talk about this plan out in the open where uh, where Daniel and Julia are going to create a base wide diversion while uh, Hataki and Alan go and find the virus. So they draw them out into the snow. Uh, Daniel uses the snow cat to thin out a patch of the ice so that when uh, Thea or Tia, I, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Jumps on the the canister, the fake vi- virus canister. Uh, she falls deep into the ice and never to be seen again. As far is, as we know. As far as we know. I mean, she is an immortal. She is an immortal, but if she falls like forty feet, they can on still her die. Head, they can still yeah. die from physical damage. Right. Um, you remind me of the squirrel from Ice Age who's going after the acorn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Scrat. Yeah. She was very Scrat-esque in her pursuit of the fake virus canister. They should have had, like, that moment where she's, like, stuck in the air. <laughs> I actually would have loved that. That would have been really funny. But this was not this was not the time for it because this is a sad episode. Um, we Intense have, and sad. Yeah, uh, we have this, this ongoing thing since, um, ever since... Miksa learned of his real heritage, uh, of him, you know, basically inferring that Hataki isn't a good father, that he never cared about him, that he never loved him. Last episode, Hataki jumps in front of a bomb for him uh, to protect him, and Miksa is still wrestling with his with his identity. He still, you know, he has this great scene with Julia where she's like, you know, when this is all over, you can consider me a sister. Like, we are technically brother and sister, and he's not interested. Well, you can tell that he's kind of touched by it, yeah, like, by her reaching out. Like, it means something to him, but at the same time, he's still confused about the sister that he just discovered he did have. Right. He's like, I already got one. And also, there's a level of resentment there, because at this point, you know, he's thinking that Hatake has done everything uh, over these se- past several years. For in, him? For, no, for her. He's done everything. No, I know, but up to this point, right. you know, he's like, oh, it's my dad, and I believe in him, and then all the, for all this time it was for the affection of another sibling. Right. Uh, that, you know, Hataki was putting him to work, doing all the, these things for this other for this other child, not for him, so he, he doesn't really want her love. He kind of rebuffs it, but ultimately he gets captured by the scythe just as uh, as Julia does in that elevator. Which I'm so mad about. Like, didn't he... So now that means he gave Narvik and the cure to them in in order to try to stop um, Hataki from sacrificing himself. And 
it just makes me so mad because I just wonder how the hell it would have panned out had he had not done that because now it's like, well, like, I, I, I feel like maybe with the whole gas thing, like, what would have happened if they went with that plan with the gas and the vents and stuff? Right, we have this halothene gas all ready to go and Hiroshi doesn't even release it. You know, Alan and Peter finally get this nice moment where Peter's right, and that if you go from above with the crowbar, it's far more effective than going from <laughs> below. Alan, you big dummy. He knows how to use that crowbar. Yeah, man. As we find out sadly later. Oh. Well, well, Alan learns how to use Fun, a crowbar. Funny later. Yeah. Well, he um, has to go from the top. <laughs> he has to go from the top to really bash him in the face. Though I really would have liked him to go from the bottom and just hit him in the nuts with that crowbar. From the bottom to the top to the bottom of the top I stop. What is that? What is that song from the it's top? It's the song the that you don't sing on a Helix podcast. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so Hiroshi is is faced with this choice. Uh, there are bombs attached to the necks of uh, of Julia and of Daniel, and he has to choose. And this this heartbreaking. Well, first, we we didn't really. I want to build up to this moment because okay. we got yeah. We have another thirty minutes. Okay, so. The clock's not on. I can't tell. So the, the whole plan, on. they they talk about their plan in front of the video camera in Hitaki's office. So they're watching and they're like, okay. And they know they're being watched. They know they're being watched. We don't know that at the moment, but like we're thinking like, you know that they wouldn't be that stupid because he's talking about how Taki's so smart. Um, this is right before they th- end up throwing her down the chasm all squirrel-like. And then they're on the elevator. It goes black. There's mm-hmm. random cowboy music. Yeah, why this is reminds there, I love like that. cowboy surf rock music? It was so funny though. Like it was just one of those moments. Like the writers, uh, when the writers came on the show last week, that we were just we were we were complimenting how it's not really a show where you you can't forcefully put comedy in, but when you have those small moments, mm-hmm. it's funny. And yeah. that's it was just so great because they're all in such serious mode, and it's like <laughs> I do not really like. This cowboy music. No, but like this... Your job. I loved it. No, it's terrible. I love it. Um, It reminded me of Mass Effect. Like the first Mass Effect game. Yeah, where you're stuck in those elevators. The elevators that just go forever. And you're just listening to the music and you're like, this is so boring. Because they're all loading screens. But I really want the writers to know that if that was an intentional Easter egg reference... I love you so much. <laughs> we, we still love you, even if it wasn't. I just Easter. picture because I know he's just a giant dork. I just picture Javi right now listening, going good, <laughs> good, good, good. Yes. Um, and no, you'd be telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> this, yeah, I know. Oh man, your batting average was one, not great. One, one, one for ten. One yeah. for ten now. Um, but she just gets snatched right out of this elevator in a blackout. Um, and I'm glad nobody they did that. notices. I'm glad they did that, though, because they spend the whole episode talking about how amazing yeah. the scythe is. Yeah. And, like, how good he is at combat and things like that. But he doesn't, doesn't really show it very much because he just gets crowbarred in the face. <laughs> and, I mean, there's no real way to defend against that. I don't think and Taekwondo even, and teaches even his, you. Even in his skills and, like, killing everybody, it's like, okay, whoop-de-doo. You're a 15-year-old with two deadly weapons and a, and, and a whole bunch of... You know, unarmed people in an elevator. Like I could probably do that if I was a sociopath. But like, to sh- for no, <laughs> if I was a sociopath. That's away. <laughs> but I am not a sociopath. Uh huh. You're sitting closest to me, so I would be careful if I were you. Um. But anyway, I just think like that. Well it's like it's not showing any skills. 
And then now it's like, in order to show skills, we're within like, what, a 10 second dark blackout frame. What are you doing next to me? <laughs> Steven made yeah. a terrible, terrible okay, come pun. Come on, settle, settle. But yeah, you, I see your point. Yeah. You know, the, he only has a brief moment to snatch her silently. And for her, yeah, for her not to make any noise or to even hear the whoosh of right. her body being lifted up right. out of the elevator. And then he says he's going to cut off a finger. Uh, for every, not for a, a, like any particip- particular amount of time. He throws down one of these virus canisters into the cabin. The cabin. And uh, he, it's a parchment letter. It's like a letter written on parchment. Which is great, Ooh, That's what he way. grew up writing on. Written in he ha- he had what a- appears to be the blood of Julia's finger stump. No, it's because the finger stump was just thrown in there. It was regular oh, okay. ink and the, it, the stump's rolling oh, around. It was just, it was was just a little bit of finger paint. It was splatter. So oh, now, oh god! <laughs> but no, uh, they read it, and it, they don't even say like they say she pay has nine the more viewers. All the money, yeah. She says there's a, or it, it says nine more fingers to go, but it, they don't even phrase it that way. They don't say another finger will be lost. It says we start cutting more pieces of your daughter off. Yeah. Oh, next Ugh. canister has like Gross, a boob in it. Direct. <laughs> I love it. I mean, now we get to find no. out if no. the silvers <laughs> have uh, starfish powers. It, yeah, exactly. Is she going to grow it back? Because I mean, you look at Hitaki at the top of the episode. <laughs> he's got like blood coming out of his wounds on his shoulder. Cut away. Come back less than a minute later, and then the shoulder is no blood, nothing. And I mean, that's just healing in, in, in a sped up process. Right. It's not like yeah, the starfish not growing uh, back. Just, just like they said last week, they can't yeah. regenerate lost limbs and everything. But like they that. did say that they did show that it had like still scarring left, as yeah. opposed to just being completely perfect. I just thought it was mean because like, what if Julia gets married to Peter and she there's no she can't put a ring on now. Well, she can put it on the other hand. It's not the same. Oh, brother. <laughs> Um, well, they could reattach it, right? Unless she's healed so fast that, <laughs> that, they, that can't they can't reattach it. It's entirely possible. It's an entirely different kind of biology. They just, like, throw her into out into the freaking Antarctic where it's, like, negative 40. Just, like, here, don't heal, you know? And just, no. They just, they just hold it there. They just put it up and yeah. attach And, like, she's just, like, you're just, like, put pressure on it. And the skin <laughs> just pieces back together. I'm still it's interested in glue. I really think in the finale we're going to see where fire plays into this. Because the fire reawakened the monkeys. And I also am interested to see, because when they cultured it yeah. and it went crazy, we still haven't really seen what's going to come of that. So, I don't know. All right. Still well, is there, is there more there? Is, I think the, the fire was showing that like these monkeys that were frozen... Like we're the still alive, the, the way the, the were, vectors. Yeah, the yeah. vectors. We we brought them to the point that they were so cold that they all froze in place. But mm. they were still alive. Yes. They yes. could be cured. But I'm talking about the culture itself. Like when Doreen cultured mm-hmm. it, and that's when they had to kill Doreen. Love you. But then they uh, then they also cultured again, and it just made this gigantic thing. Right. So we haven't seen what what's coming of that. Yeah, Julia. That happened with Julian. Um, oh God, Alan. what is what is Doctor Jordan's first name? I keep Sarah. Sarah. To me, that was just. Showing that this virus can do crazy things, it can grow at exponential rates, and it can sh- like spread at exponential rates. Okay, I don't I know that there's more to it at this point nice. from from that particular uh, thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. um, can I um, can I say something? Like, nope. 
well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to see Peter as part of the gang, mm-hmm. but it's is it is it just weird to anybody? It's just because Billy Campbell is so, so tall. tall. Yes, I was going to say. He so, looks so short and I adorable. I just want to hug him. He's like a pooch. He's Neil like a is like a little action figure next Well, even to just him. like, well, it was funny because there was a scene where, I and I particularly remember this, and I remember when we had Neil on the show, and he was just like, dude, these guys are giant. Like, I think he said... Um, Alan or uh, rather um, um, Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell's like six three, three. Yeah. and then you see uh, Miguin or you know Daniel, Bam. and Miguin's he, like he has six, to six, be at le- he has to be at least six four. I mean, at least this angle, right? And then you just see, and if you guys have seen the pictures from when we had an interview with him, I mean, I'm five nine, and I still got like at least an inch on Neil. Guys, so. well, that's not a good thing to be talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, don't don't. But I will but, I will say yeah. that like knowing like meeting Neil in person and seeing the episode, you can see how the camera plays tricks too. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. The, every scene that was between Neil and Billy that wasn't in the vents was in an upward angle with. With uh, with uh, Peter at the foreground, so they looked kind of at, at similar heights. They played a lot of tricks with it because honestly, Billy's just really tall. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, like, I know. I'm yeah. short to Billy. And most of the time that we saw Peter was he was in a in bed or in a cryo tube or running around with the vector. I forget right. how handsome Peter is, and then he He's has all that so makeup handsome. off his he face. He needs that beard though. He needs to grow that beard. No way, oh, man. Oh no, I like him without the beard. <laughs> yeah, he boxy. Beard, beard, beard. <laughs> oh, well, that's like who's talking. Right. <laughs> Matt has a little bit of a, Matt has a little bit of a man crush. Uh, on on Neil, yes, yeah, we probably. all do. Yeah, because he's an amazing actor. All right, we got to We got to talk about um, how we feel about uh, the Meeks of death, and we also. Nope. What you just said? He didn't die. What? Not just messing with you. Um, no, Meeks is we, dead. Let's Why talk real quick about, about Sarah. Okay, because in the cabin, like she's the one who's watching the. She's the one who's watching and failing. Yeah, yeah. God, she's watching. She's trying the Narvik. to calm everybody down. Watching the Narvik virus. I don't know why she uh, she opens the fridge to make sure that it's still there. Who's, yeah, who's gonna take well, it? Apparently, it was worth checking because the next time she goes back, it's gone. Yeah, well, but think... the fridge is like open, and it's obviously gone. Yeah. Well, I wonder if if uh, Dan even knew the code and he had watched her open it, and that's how he knew. So technically, if that's that, we totally blame Sarah. It's like for the his break death. room fridge, though. I feel like everyone would yeah. know the code. They put like yeah. serious like, like sandwiches in there. Like, why would they have a lock on there? Like, it's my sandwich. Hey no guys, one just eat it. Don't drink the don't drink the coffee in the top in the top shelf. And I feel like Dan would know, mm-hmm. though. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who like we we head learned last week. He's not just the head of security, but he also is very very smart. He was able to build that cryo yeah. Ghostbusters pack just yeah. on his own with no help. It's a very smart. Well, he team. he. Uh, we have the conversation between Sarah and Julia. Where Julia's like, well, I mean, you thought you were going to die, and now you got thousands of years. What are you going to do with it? So at least they posed the question this episode, because that's what I've been wondering. Like, okay, you've had a timeline for your whole life, and now... It's basically just blowing the end off of it. And yeah. just, just the way they were like, and then you're going to, you know, everybody around you is going to die. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm like, well, you were going to die too, so. Sarah looks the most strange with the silver eyes. I thought that too. Because she has such a light complexion already. Julia yeah. has like the dark hair, dark complexion. But when Sarah has it, it just makes her kind of look like she's blind. Yeah, it a did a little bit. bit. It was a little foggy, her eyes. But her eyes looked the most silver to me. Yes. Yeah. They they didn't just look like glossy white like they were very metallic-y. Yeah, well, yeah. like they said, I don't think they ever actually used contacts at yeah, all. They, didn't. No. they only ever used the 3D effects. So. The CG, CG. Um, right, well, it's I, like it's, but it's just just on that on yeah, Sarah's yeah, yeah. like talking about like I don't think she still had time to process it. She's just alive. 
is hitter, but there's way too much going on. Right. We talked about this last week, right? With the writers, she just, seems really- nobody has a moment to ever to sit and think. Not until I'm sure after next week Not will when anyone sex have a to moment had. to sit down. Right. Well, no, there's just there's no time to decompress. And she seems like a little relieved and, and excited. That it, the only thing she seems excited about is the fact that she's going to be 26 forever. Yeah. Like, not that she's going to live forever, but that she'll be 26 forever. I don't even think she cared that much. She was more just, that was like an was, anecdote to it her. Was, that's, but it like, was, oh, that's cool. It, it and then she moves a on. smile, but like the fact that she can go on doing her work and, and not have to ever get sick again. Not have a cold. Not have a cold, be able to she not wear not. gloves in a hot zone. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, Convenient to like be able to work with all these terrible diseases and, and know never, you'll get, never sick. get them. That's you know it basically it means that if she still wants to conduct her life's purpose of you know making a difference and curing diseases, she's now the best equipped person potentially it, on the planet. To it do makes it. her a CDC super agent. Exactly, but you know it, as you're saying, having to adjust to the fact that everyone around you will die and that you will live potentially forever could very much rewrite her whole idea of what her life should be. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that weighs on her. I, I mean, wonder... Let me ask you. I have a cra- When you're done, I have a crazy theory. Okay. Well, let me just ask you guys really quick. If somebody came up to you and, sa- and said, hey, I'll turn you into silver, you'll live forever, but people around you will die and all that crap, would you do it? Zach Wilson. Uh, I would say probably yes. Liz. I don't know. Maybe. Yes or no? Yes. You have 30 seconds. That, can I make Can I make at least one other person a silver with me? No. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. sure, let's say Matt. yes. No. I'd totally do it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with Steven, like, no hesitation. <laughs> and then I might, li- I might you can live to regret later. that, if right. you will. Yeah, that's why... Because uh, you can still die. Yeah, you can off yourself later. I, I just, just want to live through the centuries and see human evolution or human technology travel the stars. Yeah, we'll get to live around after humans destroy the planet. I would, I would exactly. team up with I'm Neil too much de- of a global pessimist. I couldn't handle seeing what's going to become of the planet. I'd be total Neil deGrasse Tyson in that spaceship with him doing the cosmos. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> yes. Okay. But so I have a wild theory to wild throw out theory, there. and then we got to talk about Sergio. Prediction. Um, I think that eventually we're going to get introduced to the board and whoever the 500 Great. are. And that's going to be – now we have this small collection of silvers that are on our team. I think Sarah is the one of any of them that joins up with Ilaria. What? Yeah, I agree. Why? Because it totally, like what what was just said, it totally changes her perspective on life. And and Hitaki talks about it. It's like you stop thinking about now and you see the world as it will be for a long stretch of time. You start seeing the fact that humans are going to potentially destroy the planet. It's the big picture. It's it's the big picture. And Hitaki's always said there's the big picture. And there there wouldn't be a divide in the 500 if there weren't two sides to <laughs> what I just you said, five hundred again. I love. I hate you guys so I love much. It so much. Um, there wouldn't be a divide in the five hundred if <laughs> there was not good sides to both stories. So mm-hmm. they wanted to get rid of the Willis hypothesis because it was blasphemy, whatever. But the other side, if Sutton was intelligent but still went with the other side, it means they do have a good argument to support why they're doing what they're doing. Right. So that could easily sway. Um, Sarah Jordan to be on their side as opposed to Hataki's because he's yeah. not really opening mm-hmm. up with the with Willis hypothesis is and if they get to her before he tells her what it is and gets her to his side then I mean who can blame her and I, uh, she's very much about saving people that's what her, her whole life's work has been is to save people from disease if she sees whatever Ilaria is doing as a way to save more people in the world 
Maybe it's like one of those things where you have to sacrifice some to save the many. But what about the Alan of it all? Alan would never go along with this. Yeah. And she's going to be super torn in that. But then she's going to start to process the fact that he's going to die before she does. Did and any- she has to plan for the future, not the now. Did anybody catch, I think it was in the uh, the preview for next week's episode, I feel like... They made it seem like he was saying it to Mark Ganime when he says, I knew you were capable of killing someone, but not killing millions. No, no I was actually going to say... Um, it, it looked like they were in parts of the world that were not in the lab yeah. or in oh, yeah. the snow. I was so that was that very for interesting. But yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Say we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Just because there may be people who didn't watch those scenes from next week. Okay. And don't want to be spoiled. But since we're since we're actually saying that, and it, we saw it looked like Billy was saying it to Mark with I knew you were Sergio. capable of killing yeah, let's, one. Let's save it for let's Damn save it for Matt. the end. Let's save it for the end because we got to talk about Sergio. Sergio. Okay? I'm sorry right. to disappoint, but there are people who maybe don't want to talk about that or don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> I'm protecting them. Face. I don't like care. I care not to look at him. So, out uh, out in the wilderness, uh, in the snow, Sergio and Inanna are still leading the 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 whole pack of folks away from the village trying to save Balls them. Balls and bananas. To- Balls and nanners are one trying, banana are trying to get to to Nunavut, uh, and you know Taluk still does not trust Sergio. Which one you know, bit. can we just can we give him some credit for not trusting him? I mean, it's his sister. Number one, you're going to be a protective brother. Number two. Come on. He's untrustingly handsome. Why, why credit? You don't think Sergio has the potential to change? No, he does, and by all means. But I'm saying let's not give crap to uh, Tanook. To Luke. To Luke. Who am I saying Tanook? And and uh, let's give him credit. I don't blame him for it either. So I, I don't I, understand why. I, I don't understand totally why. I blame him. I don't yeah. understand why Anana got so Look, upset. I here's what here's what I'll say, and I think it's somewhere between what both of what you're about to say and what you said is. Uh, you should not trust him completely because of his past, because of what he's done before, but he is actively helping out your whole society, all of your people. You know, your sister trusts him. Yeah, you let him know, listen, buddy, I know what you're about. If you cross us, I will back that up. Can you, with a straight face, say that if Ilaria came down and surrounded them and somebody who knew Mark from, or knew Sergio from Ilaria said... Kill, uh, what's his name? Taluk. Taluk. Kill Taluk, and we'll let you live. You can, uh, can you honestly say that he wouldn't kill Taluk? No, I, I can't say. There that. you go. So he's still connected to Ilaria. That's why it's so. But it seems uh, weird to. Ju- it seems like a bad idea to just like send him off. He's been so helpful to this point. He's clearly helping out. Mm-hmm. It's. It just seems like it's jumping the gun to they say they have like, a much better shot of surviving. With exactly, him. but this is also Ilaria. They could have a. They could have a chip planted in Sergio to know where he is at all times. They could have all sorts of things. He. They. He's. They still might think he's a double agent. You never know. I don't know. I feel it, like if they had a chip in him. They would have caught up to them by now. I feel like Bravo for this show still having us guessing and doing all these crazy theories one episode before the season finale. I know. It's really impressive. I mean, it just seems like it was, it would have been more prudent to, like, talk to him. This just felt like it was a gut reaction to the fact that he sensed that there was something between him and between Sergio and Anana. As opposed to a smart decision about this guy is hurting the, yeah. the, the group. Steven's ruined it for me because every time anybody ever says Anana, all I hear is Anana. What's my name? Like, it's all I hear. That's my name. It would be Anana. What's, that's my name. Balls and nanners. Anyway. Um, so, the sad part. Yes. So mm-hmm. awkward window mm-hmm. returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the last second, because uh, Hiroshi Hitaki was not able to make a decision, Miksa made it for him. 
and he sacrificed himself um, for the good of everyone. And uh, he it was adjusted re- his collar, yeah, for and, the final time. And it oh my god, blew his head off. Can we have a, can we have a moment of silence for, for Dan? Thank you. Yeah, it was really emotional. Um, now, do we have the clip of Liz and I watching the episode? So I made sure that when Matt and Liz were watching it, <laughs> that I brought my phone in and I recorded the moment Worst that angle ever. Uh, Megan lost his head. And we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> play, that, play right that right now. Megan. Kill him. Kill the fuck out of you. <laughs> Thank you, Marissa. Thank you. That is that is Matt. Yeah. Just my hands slowly fly to my I knew head. it was gonna happen, so I was basically hugging myself and just in permanent sad like Liz's face like three, 30 seconds before was like and then it was I was no. very sad, like I, total I, upside down, like like. I knew Miguel was gonna. I knew he was gonna die was from like the first ten minutes. Like as soon as it set up, he like, like the a central sad puppy with the collar on. The central conflict of like of him and Hataki and knowing the that foreshadowing Hitaki, of what he was gonna do after. Like mm-hmm. oh, I'm out of here. I'm totally gone afterwards. Yeah, he, he wasn't gonna last. We we raise our mugs to you. Uh, Miguin for having such a memorable death. We're happy that we still have you yeah, on the show. Yeah, we still get Miguin. Still get Mixa Miguin, is gone. Farewell to Mixa. We miss you. Uh, and we will always remember the good times. And the turtleneck. And the turtleneck. <laughs> the turtleneck. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for predictions. I mean, and now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Kind of jumped into predictions. We didn't even talk about the mom at the end, man. Well, let's talk about her. So we have Jane on the facility. Now, I, as I recall, Gunner, We thought she was dead. I thought Gunner killed her. Yeah. No, Constance. Constance killed her. We thought her. Constance killed her. We thought she did. Did, well, they did they she say that explicitly? No, I didn't no, say No, Gunner betrayed her and gave him gave her up. Gave her up to Constance. To Alaria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they so kept her, and it is not, uh, like, we don't know that it's just... A human person that's being kept in the thing. I think that there's. I thought there's it was a, a vector they yeah, captured. Yeah. I, I well, she could be a vector. I think. I think she's just a test subject, and I think Hataki knew because that's why he said if they find out about Julia, they're going to take her and they're just going to keep her forever and do what a terrible thing. Because I think he knows what they were doing to Jane mm-hmm. because Jane actually gave birth with the silver, a mm. human and a silver, and I think that's why. Um, Maybe that's the Willis hypothesis. Did anyone else get like or the Willis. the Star Trek Willis. feeling? You know that oh, the guy the, in the yeah Captain Pike Captain in the beeping in the beeping wheelchair head I, thing. I thought of I thought of a scene from Doctor Who. It was with, with like when they open up the scene like the original Dalek guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Oh man, it's just uh, from. Oh, uh, Davros. Yes, Davros. Davros. I'm a horrible mm. Hulvian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's it, sad. It was kind sad. of it was kind of a weird ending. Like, mom, I know yeah. that was, they should have said like she should have been like, wait, Jane, yeah, or like what's going on? Saying mom was just too much. Hey, oh. it's all in the family. <laughs> I mean, forgive it. Look, it is ultimately it is a family story. It is all in the family. Cameron, I forgive you. What? Oh, whatever. <laughs> but, like, she's now on the base. What is she there for? What is the purpose? Is she a bargaining chip? Seems like it. 
I, I, well, I think that she's not Jane anymore. She's, she's a creature of some kind. I don't know if it's Vector, if Her it's a third thing we don't know about. I feel like she's not a Vector. No, she's not a Vector. I think she's been kept inside that box for 30 years. Yeah. And I think that that, that drives a person absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, well, it's like being I, in isolation. What would they do if they gave her the Narvik virus? Like, if that was their thing, they were going to inject Jane with the Narvik A and What B. would be the purpose? Well, let's also f- not forget that there are still vectors running loose somewhere in that facility. It's true. The ones that escaped. So I want to know, you know, n- everything obviously... Shit's going down next week, or this rather on Friday. Stuff's going down. Stuff. He yes. just said, "Kill he the effort." Just, that was in a video. <laughs> that was in a video. We just played a, a, a nasty video. Stop making me the bad guy. Anyway, I just think that I think that something's going to happen, but I think the vectors in the end are going to wind up like helping in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think that they might maybe something where with 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 um. Peter's um, relationship that they know or at least can recognize who he was as like their vector king and I think it might come into play um, when like Alaria really starts hitting when if more agents come in to help Scythe or Spencer or whatever his name is um, I think the mom Jane I think she I think they just brought her to like torture Hitake. Like well, maybe she he didn't know that she was alive this entire time, and now it's even worse to find out that she's been kept in this thing this entire time. Well, something I thought was very interesting is like I looked at the access granted for this week. Yes, and they released some more stuff. And one of the things that they put up was an email to the board that didn't have a uh, from. There was just it was blank in the from line, and it said it has been released. Ugh. Okay. And so that, I'm assuming... Has to do with Jane. Yeah. Creepy. No, I'm assuming that has to do with the virus. Oh, yeah, that could be. I'm assuming that they they get the virus, and I'm assuming Mark... Or, not Mark, Sergio has something to do with it. Hmm, Uh, I'm going to label that left field. I don't see where that's... How that's You're going to label that left field? Yeah. And now where do we think Sergio's gone to? I think that he is that he is still with the caravan. He's just outside of the perimeter, keeping an eye on them, and he's going to come in and save them at the last second. But so in the in the, quickly in those last things, we get this shot of somebody walking away from the camera in what looks to be An either alley. Montreal, probably yeah. it's Montreal, but it could be like Paris, which they, is another thing it that they like teased in Access Grand. Yeah. They teased Paris yeah. as a location, so I think we're going to go there. It looked to me like it could have been Allen. Okay. If he gets away, he talks about in there that they they will hunt you to the end of the earth. I think Alan's going to escape, and now he it's going to be Alan on the loose next season, like trying to stop Alaria one way cool. or another. And it's like a political thriller, like Three Days of the Condor. <laughs> I'm into that. Okay, I want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, watching, streaming. You're all the best, uh, Liz Rushmaui. Where can the people find you? Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Maui, L I Z Z Y M A W Y. Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson, and also here at AfterBuzz on. Archer, Grim, and Resurrection. Okay, Stephen Lemieux. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, or also on the Twisted After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, be sure to check out Thursday, uh, not Thursday, we're airing it Friday. Friday. Friday, our exclusive interview with showrunner Steve Maida of Helix. And, and then, watch um, the finale, man. Yeah. And the finale episode uh, recap next Monday. If you want to find me on Twitter, at Matt Lieberman, uh, L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find uh, all of my videos, sketches, afterbuzz, and my new videos uh, for my gig at SourceFed on my YouTube channel, uh, Orphan Black and Mad Men coming back in April. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hashtag Renew Helix. Yes. And thank Woo. you, Kat, again for our shirts. Thank you, Kat. 
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Awkward window. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.